0: session. This is Patrick Lillis and happy you're here, happy you're listening. Hope everybody's healthy, doing all they can. Stay safe. Crazy weather we're having in different places. Some people are snowed in. Some people are having, today in New York, we're having this crazy warm weather, 50 degrees. And uh, people in Texas have snow everywhere. So a little unpredictable, but what else do we expect for the world of COVID, right? Pandemic and I was about to say, in global warming, it's not attached to it, or maybe it is. Who knows? But the world is a little upside down, and um, but we're keeping, you know, moving forward and staying healthy. So I'm glad for that. I'm thinking about uh, thinking about that. I'm thinking about the normalcy. Actually, I think I've I've shared some of this before, but I'm, you know, I just did a workshop of a new play with a theater. You know, one of the great things about being on Zoom is the theater companies in Mississippi. The actors are in. Two of them were in Memphis. Two of them are in New York, and. Um, But treating it like a play workshop, and that was great. And next week I start rehearsal, my friend Julia Brothers' play that we're going to film at the San Francisco Playhouse and rehearse online. So it feels saying that because it feels like there's a sense of normalcy coming up, and um, I'm grateful for that. I don't – I'm also feeling a little – I think we're all feeling it because it's winter, a little stir-crazy. Like, you know, I am happy for the normalcy, but I miss – People and the inconsistency of that. It's funny. You take a break and Zoom, and you know you can't have a private conversation with somebody somewhere. You end up, you take the break, and then you go into your kitchen, and then you come back, and then you're in front of everybody, and your socializing is either with the group as a whole or not. And so I'm missing the I'm missing the slight social fun, the getting together, and the accidental bumping into people and uh, the side conversations and things like that. But You know, missing that is one thing, but the rest in person. But the rest of it is good. It's good. It it feels like there's work, at least in the theater. It feels like stuff is happening. People are trying to move forward. One of the things that's happening tonight through Saturday is Center College is doing the first production of uh, Leah Romeo's Greek tragedy, which is the college collaboration play this year, and you can see it on the Farm's Facebook page and. Uh, I mean, the information of how to see it is there, and um, it's on Center College's website, and it's great. Uh, The play is great. I'm excited to see what they're doing. They're doing really good Zoom live theater, so that's worth checking out. As I talked about getting stir-crazy, on the 25th, Valdez Theater Conference is hosting my solo show, Hope You Get to 11, or What Are We Going to Do About Sally?, and that's about suicide awareness and mental health, and I think it's really important. I'm really grateful to Dawson more. who's hosting that producing it that we're doing it because I think it's a really important conversation needing to be happening especially after this year of isolation so grateful and hope uh, that will be on my Facebook page I'll put it on the farm's website and uh, waiting for the exact zoom link and how to get to see it and that will run for a bunch of days but the live performance is the 25th so I'm glad we're doing that and um, speaking of health I talked today our, our guest is a uh, Juan Via, actor, now writer also and producer. And Juan, it was a great conversation. We talked about our own personal growth. Actually, there's a point in the middle of the conversation where you'll hear him start to interview me uh, about what we're doing to care for ourselves. And just great to talk to him. One of the things that I, I love thinking about the conversation is the reason we talked is because he caught a mistake a couple of episodes ago in the recording and emailed me. And then of course that meant I knew he was listening and, um, and he knew a bunch of people had been on it. And I met one when he did his solo show. I directed Kelly Kinsella solo show that Solanova did, and they put up his the same night. And that's where we met and then had the privilege of getting to see him act a couple of times. And his show was excellent and, and, uh, running. And he's a member of Inviolet theater company. I've seen him there and, uh, just a really generous, nice, positive person. And, uh, and it's a great conversation. And the conversation was of ease. And I uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. And he hit me back at the end saying we didn't get to talk baseball. So as I'm doing the introduction and pitchers and coaches are reporting today, I will make sure that we do that offline at some point soon. So I hope everybody's doing great and enjoy the conversation. And with that... Play
1: well. I um I did um uh, the untranslatable secrets of naked Corona by Jose Rivera, like and you know Jose. Um, I had done that at the Geffen Theater. Joe Bonney directed it, and so that was in the the end of summer fall of 2018. And I had lived out here in 2012, uh, after doing my solo play. Um, and so, uh, but I did not, uh, I, there were nice, uh, there were good people around me, but I was in a very different place emotionally, and I only lasted a few months, and then I moved to Chicago back to Chicago in 2013. So this time, when I went in 2018 to do the Geffen show, I'm in a very different place emotionally. Uh, therapy helps with all that um, and actually you know, I mean, and you know we, we touched on this with being sober so I had already been sober for a few years and I loved it here <laughs> surprised same environment same place different you yeah, different exactly and I'm not a beach guy and I'm not a hot weather guy. And so that would be why are you here? It's like, well, it's about the it's about the shift in my career. So uh, being here and I was in a relationship for only a little over a year. And I just knew I think I need to be in L.A. another year. And she was living in New York um, or we were living together in New York. And she said, I she's like, I don't want to do another long distance. And I said, OK, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you to move here. And then she she was all for making the full move. So technically, officially, since. February of 2019. I've been here, so it'll be two years very soon.
0: Wow! And let's talk about that, like the difference, because I think that it's really you know one of the one of the things I wanted to talk to you about actually is uh, the fact that you've lived in the three major theatrical places yes. to be an actor, and and I think you're doing it at different phases of your life. And what do you think changed? What do you think was different besides sober and and therapy, which I think both, since I am a participant in both of those, uh, I think it helps, but where you felt at home when you went there, when you said, oh, this is a place, cause it's not only home, right? It's also, I can build a career here.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I I think, uh, it, It was planted in my head when I was in college. I went to college up in Syracuse, New York, but not Syracuse University. Uh, It's the school known as the other school in Syracuse. Uh, It's it's called Lemoyne College. It's a Jesuit college. um, And
0: I'm originally from Rochester, New York, so I know. Oh, shit! (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's great. I love Rochester, man. I I had some friends who um, graduated from Lemoyne, and they went to work at uh, Jiva Theater. So then uh, um, uh, I would go there. We would go there every few months to see whatever play was going on just to get out of Syracuse. And I didn't I didn't like going back to New York City at the time. So I went there and I just was blown away by uh, theater. Um, so the, so at Syracuse, at Le Moyne was where my instructors would talk about Chicago a lot. They had all made at one point or another made a move to Chicago and they had these amazing stories that just seemed like um, uh, things I had read in books. Like it felt like a Hemingway story. It felt like a Kerouac story. But here are people that I'm actually talking to about it. And they always said, if you want to work on your craft, um, go to Chicago, but you're not going to make any money but you will like get in there. And that just seemed very tangible to me. And it felt, you know, I'm not good, who cares about money? I wanna like work, I wanna like create the art. And and I didn't wanna go to New York City. I just, in my heart, um, well, first of all, I wanna distance from my family, just so I can, I don't know, figure shit out for myself. And then uh, I just knew that if I went to New York, at that point, when I moved to Chicago, the first time was, I was 25. I knew if I went, then it would, it might break me it would either break me or I would go off the deep end. And even though I would never admit at the time that I had a drinking problem, right. um, I just knew I would, it, something was gonna go wrong if I went to New York. Um, so that's why Chicago seemed like, all right, I went to Syracuse, that's four and a half hours away from my family. Let me go even farther away. Uh, and I had always been told by people, they said, cause I was like still freaking out about Chicago uh, just cause it's a new place. And everyone said, who'd been there, they said, You lived in New York City. It just feels like a big Brooklyn. Like, you'll be fine. And then when I went, that's exactly what it felt like. Um, But uh, I mean, I feel like Chicago is even bigger than like the main four bureaus. I mean, I'm unfair to the, the last borough, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm unfair to that, uh, to that. but it, it just, it's gargantuan. I remember carrying a map before, of course, smartphones, carrying a map in my back pocket and going to, uh, is how I got introduced to Meisner. And I went to, I was like, oh, it's only this far in the map. And ended up being like fucking like four miles of a walk. And I was like, what? And I never, obviously, I stopped being good at math at a certain point in my life where a measurement means a mile. Um, And so anyway, so that's when I went there and I didn't think about making a career there. I just was like, all right, I'm just going to get there and I'm going to start from scratch. And I just did mailings, 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 uh, reading their version of the backstage, um, which I think was called Performing at the time. And there was a book called, I think it was called like the Purple Book or something, and you had the listing of all the theaters, all the casting agencies, all the uh, talent agencies. And I just like w- did that, it just felt like tangible things to get sink my hands into. Um, so that's why, uh, the Chicago. Oh, and I had also seen a documentary about Chicago theater right, uh, right before I left. I was like had applied to grad schools, had been on waiting lists, and uh, I had seen a documentary on PBS about Chicago theater, and I just was mesmerized by the actors. I mean, the majority of them were all white actors, but still, I just, the, their grit seemed uh, very familiar to me. It felt like my family, my Colombian family. Um, and that's why the movie, it just felt like, oh, I wanna go there and and explore the starving artist's life.
0: And it's right at that time, like that's funny about the PBS documentary because that city at that time really felt like all are welcome and you can create, you have, you can make your own thing, you know? Yes.
1: And and it was true. Like th- there's, there's no way around it. And I tell anyone, you know, and, and just cause you pointed out that I've lived in the three sort of major acting cities. Um, I tell people what, what it is, what is it that you want? What are you looking for? And like, don't be ashamed of what it is. And I can share with you what each one can offer with that. And, um, and, in the end, I actually still think you can do your stuff in either city. Like, as people have opinions about LA theater, and I just go, you know what? If you want to produce theater, it's actually one of the cheapest places to produce. Because uh, if you just get a little bullshit storefront, you don't have to pay much. The 99C contract is, you know, a shit show. So uh, you can afford to produce it if you want to just do it. You just might not get. Much many people to go, then. Um, but that's the case in any of the of the cities, I think. And if you and if so, I don't want to force someone to see it, yeah.
0: Well, it's funny. I was going to say my experience in LA is you can make theater, and I thought there was an interesting or a large community of theater makers, but yes. I didn't think there was an equal. And you pointed it out. There was not an equal audience. Yes. You know, and that's I'm like, oh, I like I like New York because people will see my play. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can't make a play.
1: Otherwise. And, and it really is a thing of. I mean, I was warned and then you're here and then you're like, oh, I see this thing of, it depends what neighborhood you live in and what neighborhood the show is at. And that's why there are these weird, there were these weird times for performances. And it was like factoring in the reality of traffic. And it is, I live all the way on the east side and went before the pandemic going to auditions on the west side, especially for commercial auditions. The drive from then to here to the east side was like two hours. Uh in rush and rush hour is like four hours long. And the window is like three to seven PM. And I it was the first time I'm like, oh well, yeah. And who wants to who wants to do that? But I catch up with friends on the phone and I just was like, you know what? It's my time, in, my time in the car to be alone. <laughs> and here we are. And it's like <laughs> anywhere and I'm like I miss talking to people it's like you can still talk to people but it feels different
0: I am going to go back to that question in 2018 did you feel like versus 2012 and being in LA did you feel like you knew yourself more or you knew how to talk to people what did you carry with you at that point that you thought this isn't a foreign land
1: interesting um well in 2012 I had uh, I had still not gone back to Colombia. Um, and by 2018, I had. In 2015, I went back to look for my father who had been missing uh, for a while. And we had an strange relationship. So I had a 26 year uh, gap between going to Colombia. And that's one example of 2012. I'm like, what is this? Oh, it's so isolating. Uh, I don't have money. I'm in debt. And then in 2018, it's like, I get here and I just go, oh my God, it reminds me of Bogota. Now that I had gone back, it just gave me something to feel connected to visually and uh, and being out of debt <laughs> uh, and having a little bit, like I don't see, I don't know, if anything, I think I saw people more back then. I just didn't have money to really spend any uh, spend on anything. But it, But I was in a place where I knew there was something going on internally that I I, I just was of afraid. And I didn't, and I thought, I honestly thought me doing my solo play at LATC, downtown LA, where I was told no one goes to see theater. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Downtown everywhere, people go to see theater. And it's like, holy shit, downtown LA. And it had already gotten quote unquote better. And it was still not that kind of spot. And I just thought, I honestly thought The work that you put in is enough for people to come see it and i got amazing reviews across the board around the country and 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 in la and i was like okay this is the john Lagazamo moment this is the that, that, that moment this is the that moment and no no and it and it hurts and it was a reality check that and it made me just go oh just because you put in the work the pull by the bootstraps thing. It doesn't mean people will come, like Field of Dreams. It's like, that's not gonna fucking happen. And I think that sort of shifted my mindset of what am I doing? Um, Why why am I doing this now? And what do I want? What is my, what do I want as a person and also in my career? And also around that time, I had a friend who had booked this uh, season regular show that started and he, he invited me on set And I was like, okay, cool. And we had done theater together, all this stuff. And then I felt, I was like, oh, oh, at that point, I had never done episodic work at all. I had done commercials, that's it. And I actually self-sabotaged a lot before that when I had uh, episodic auditions, like you know, drinking and being hungover, not showing up, not memorizing lines, finding any reason to not have the camera, because the camera I assumed would see my bullshit and I was deathly afraid of the camera picking up on that. Um, But then being on set, uh, I was like, oh, oh, this feels, I don't know why, I felt felt comfortable in there. And then when he broke down (laughs) salaries, I I had never thought to look into, well, what does a co-star make? What does a, a guest star make? What is a season regular? I just think of the, the, the People magazine, all, the, the, all those celebrities. And I never knew that there was all this, all these other tiers below it. That even the minimum could be $1,000 for the day. I never, I just never thought about it. And anybody who did it, didn't talk about it. And I didn't ask and I didn't go to my fucking website that I have every right to go in. But when he told me, I was like, what? Oh my God, I've bought this into this lie that you have to starve as an artist, and anything that makes money, that means you're a fucking sellout. I I had bought into it, hook, line, and sinker, gotten into arguments with like him. We would be up late ah, in theater and talking about the state of theater, and just like yelling at each other, crying, and just and then just like he was always about like no business, make career, you got to make money, and me like no, it's the art, all this shit, who cares, blah blah blah, da da da. And at that point I was like, wow, I have to make a change. And that was part of the reason of moving to back to Chicago because I knew casting directors there and I was prepared to just go, all right, I'm, I'm gonna go on The Room. I'm gonna just see what these auditions do. And Mojada, a Luis Alfaro adaptation of, of uh, Medea um, was world premiering uh, at Victory Gardens that Che Yu was running and he was directing. And I auditioned for it and I booked it. And so then I was like, great, that's a perfect way to get back into Chicago. And um, and that that and then that fall, I was a uh, work uh, workshopping a play at the Goodman for Chris Diaz uh, with elaborate Entrance of Trad Deity, which I talk about to anyone. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta read this, you gotta see it. But uh, and then I booked my first guest star that fall, and it's been like building on that. I so that, that would be. It was in 2013, so that would be now, here we are eight years later, and it's, I mean, now I'm fucking living here. Right. And um, but and you just, went
0: back to Chicago because you knew, you all of a sudden had a goal, a different path, you said, I can make a living, this is it, and I know people there, and what has to shift internally and externally is you have to tell people what you want, right? You have to have a clarity of it, and then you start to be like, I want to be in that room, I do, you know, you spent the earlier time making the relationships, doing the work, and all that. But then, you came back with a clarity, and so I'm imagining an ability for you to articulate to people what rooms you want to be in.
1: No, it it, it is that it's actually there's there's it's twofold. One was, I know what I want, and I realized I had limited myself younger. I I have I'm assuming uh, I'm assuming because of my upbringing, I had a a, a what felt like a forced deep sense of loyalty to my family and and yet i wanted to not be that i there was a choice there was a time when like when i had discovered that my uncles were were, were drug lords and drug kingpins and smuggled in cocaine sold it they murdered family of my friends uh and they themselves got murdered one at a time that, like my skew of what is right and wrong shifted, and I just wanted the, the most distance from my family. And I think, in, and when I got into theater professionally, it was the same. I repeated the same pattern, uh, which was I'm gonna I'm gonna just get involved here. Who will take me? Whoever will take me. And Then I get involved, and then I'm like loyal, fiercely loyal to them. And if anyone there has any beef or doesn't like this theater or that artist, then I'm like, oh, then I'm gonna be loyal. I'm not gonna get involved with them. And then eventually these people who complained about those people would start working with them. And I would be like, oh, I'm so confused. And then I would limit my circle. And then when I went, so when I went back to Chicago, I said, I'm starting from scratch. I'm gonna start like, I just moved here, except I know more people here. Like I even limited myself to just working with the Latinx community. I even did that where I was like, if I work with a white theater, like, uh, I don't know this, that, and the other. And then I saw other people crossing going both sides. And I just said, what the, I did this to myself. Like I could be mad all day I want, but I tell people don't limit your circles, like work with as many. And if someone says had a bad experience with someone, even if I share it, take it with a grain of salt, learn from yourself, because it could be that we remind each other of who knows what, who knows what was going on that day. And then I've built this story 10 years later. And it's like, everyone's like, I love that person. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to deny anyone any opportunities. So that's when I moved back. I started expanding the circle, I guess, to, to put it that way. And that helped me navigate shit that came up. Because then right around then is when uh, uh, D- Dominic DeAndrea and Karidad Svitch started this 30- 30 what was it not 30 for 30 like the ESPN series but it wasn't that far along where they were promoting more plays that were the term wasn't around then BIPOC uh, uh, to sort of get done nationally Um, and I started becoming more uh, producerial like I just was producing more stuff and now so I was wanting to be a leader and yet I didn't want to be loyal to anyone it was, just, it was a shift that started happening that I think I'm still processing to this day, to be honest. Just,
0: I wanna say, which is great for leadership, right? Because as soon as, if you wanna to lead to create opportunities, you certainly don't wanna have a list of people you don't wanna work with. <laughs> you're limiting the opportunity you know, for other people. Um, man, I relate to that. I know your solo show and your family history that way so but that loyalty you talked about it's so true you start to not only do you believe the community stories you're hearing the other places but you also keep your circle so small because you're getting fed and it's like wait a minute i would like to bigger i'd like a, a bigger menu
1: <laughs> and, the, and the thing that was unfair is that if i wasn't getting fed that one season the intense like anger that would come out of me that maybe I wouldn't express but it was like intense in my head like abandonment issues like came up and uh, or I felt like someone who didn't has not helped as much is getting a lot of work like it was really intense and I would and I was at the time was drinking still so I kept it to myself because people still to this day are just like, well, you didn't really have a problem. You weren't that bad of a person. And it's like, yeah, but you weren't in my head. Exactly. Exactly. You, the stuff that the voices were like intense. And like when you're hungover, it's just good luck getting getting rid of that or at least thinking through it uh, rationally. Um, so uh, 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 I, I started getting really frustrated. And it was like not good for my health. And even... Just with the the last play that I did, um, full production, I just reached a point where I just was like, I think I need a break from theater. I've been saying that for about five years already. And I just thought I I need to just stop because I'm becoming that person that when I was young, when I was younger at 25, at least, I would watch someone who's in their forties and they're like walking around with a chip on their shoulder over, I don't know what. And I'm like, I thought, oh, they're not appreciative. Oh, they've had a, why did they get this role? Oh, it's probably because of this, and the other. And I remember booking a role at another show, and I was, I didn't think I did well at all in the audition. And I knew the reason I prob- probably got the role was people speak well of me, and probably because my credits look looked strong and I'm like I became that person (laughs) that probably didn't do so good in the audition but the credits were enough and then I'm in there and I'm just like and I I could feel myself and I told myself I don't I don't want to and I just had put theater on on a pedestal and I and I've stepped away but I still do readings here and there but I try to choose tv and film uh prioritize that
0: for now, for right this minute. I'm not gonna hold you to the rest of your days. When you said you didn't, when you like I, I really like hearing that, that the thing about the audition and also getting the job, because internally that feeling sounds like you just didn't love that project. You you didn't want to do that.
1: There there is probably that. And I I remember I had like five auditions in this one December. And I remember being like, I I just don't really want to do any of them, but I can't turn down. I don't. I shouldn't turn down work. I probably could have turned it down, but I really thought, who am I to think that I can turn down an opportunity? Like, some I'm I'm at that place finally where people who I knew younger are like recommending me, or they've like climbed the ranks, and I'm just gonna turn it down? No, no, no. I should go. And then I was like, oh, I didn't really do well. And then I got five callbacks, and I was like, fuck me. I have to do more work. And I should have just been like, Juan, that's enough. Like, don't, just say you're not available any longer. But I just, th- th- I, I, I'm with you, man. Like, I, that's why ever since I've turned down a fair amount of plays, whether it's offers or whether it's um, um, uh, auditions. Because I that, I remember it just, it, the knot in the suffering I created for myself was so intense that I just was like, I can't go through that. But I still get calls every, every few months. And I try my best to, but I go through the same process of, oh no, I shouldn't do it. Oh, I should. And I just, am like, like this. And my poor fiance is having a deal with me and has to hear me say the same complaint (laughs) and thought process. And we reached a point where she's just like, I'm just going to let you talk. Cause you will, you, I've told her, don't get too involved because because she'll get involved, emotionally involved. And that's why I love her. But there comes a point, she's like, I don't know yet, it feels like you're mad at me. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I'm mad at myself. And I'm just figuring out out loud. She's like, well, what do you want me to do? I was like, I guess just listen. But if it stresses you out, then I guess, uh, sorry, you don't have to, I just, I'm going to you because now we live together as opposed to living in separate, separate apartments. And I can go through that process in my head on my own with my friends at whatever time.
0: That's, um, I am glad to know that we share that.
1: I feel like I've heard you guys, I've heard you and other people talk about this and I laugh so hard because I go, yeah, that's, yeah, we do that.
0: That's spinning, you know, that thing that and then the person I'm talking to thinks I'm mad at them and I'm like, I'm not, I'm hyped up on adrenaline about something that I'm frustrated with where I'm going to come to the same conclusion I always come to and it's the same thing that's frustrating me. (laughs) <laughs> it's like just stop doing that and it's but bringing it back to the conversation of the pod is like is yeah that early on it's it's important to take a lot of work to wide to get the experience of working to widen your circles as many circles as you can build and then there's a point when you realize then there's a point and it changes there's a point when you're like all right i don't have to i can I can do something, I can do it differently. I can approach it differently. I have, like you said, you have not only a reputation, you have a skill set underneath you and, and you have different interests.
1: Yes, yes, and I need to, like I've already got enough you know, data in my life to know, okay, I haven't reached the pinnacle of my theater career, but I've done a really good amount of work that I am proud of. I know how that path goes if I keep going, I don't know the path of not doing theater and just focusing on writing and focusing on acting for TV and film. Like that's an unknown path. And I just said, let me try that because that other path will easily be there. Um, if I decide I really want to commit to it again. So that's been the, the adjustment, uh, probably since, uh, since I moved here in 2019, where I just, I'm like, okay, how does this, Is this going to get in the way of my writing and auditioning for TV and film? And the pandemic has made it a little easier because I can just self-tape at home. I don't have to factor in travel. Uh, I mean, in general, that's just, that's the big thing. So now I can do uh, readings. I can do a bunch of stuff at home and not worry about, because I can do my self-taping at
0: whatever time of day. I have to say that I'm going to (laughs) miss, I I want the pandemic to end, but I'm going to miss the commute. Because I'm not going to miss the commute, the lack of commute, I'm going to miss because, you know, like you said about LA traffic, it's like just the idea of getting on the subway in Brooklyn 40 minutes into rehearsal. And, you know, that's 40 minutes I'm not doing something else. And uh, it's been kind of a treat. Like you said, I can write, I can talk to you. And then after this, I can take five minutes and then I can go to the next thing as opposed to 45 minutes.
1: And what do you, what do you feel you you miss about being on the train, or making that commute?
0: Uh, if if my life you you lived here and you know this, if my life was one commute a day, I would be fine. I would because I miss getting into my alone time. The thing you said in the car, I miss sitting and listening to a podcast or an audio book or or prepping for the play, like going to rehearsal and really just thinking about what I'm doing. It's when you have three commutes, you know because they're not in the same part of town and you have to get to the next thing and you have to get to the next thing. And, you know, all of a sudden, and you're always (laughs) not to write some Sondheim musical or whatever, but you're always rushing. You're always, you know, there's always the next thing and you're, and you're a little late because you wanted to stay at the last thing. Now do you
1: feel that you, you still have that energy, even though you're at home, like that habit that has been, that or something that you're used to. Absolutely. I just stayed inside or no?
0: No, I been I've, I'm fucking love the pandemic. <laughs> I, mean, I love talking to you right now and knowing that before I did this, I literally, you know, I had an hour and it w- I went for a walk and I got a cup of coffee and and processed what we're going to talk about. All it right. So easy. And when this is over, you know, in a half hour, I have a meeting with a playwright, and it's so, it's. It, taking out the adrenaline of competing with 11 million people to get to the next thing is so nice. Nice. You know, nice. It's been good yep. for my mental health. Um, you now know, how,
1: how will you carry that over once things, I guess, shift?
0: I am working. To, listen, if you want to interview me. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, um, gonna, I also want to learn from it. I'll the
0: truth, I'm going to, I was working on this before because, uh, because I had a little health issue a year ago, so in December, and I was like cutting down the amount of projects and work I could do on a given day. Yeah. And I, as I'm watching, it's funny, As I don't know, it sounds a little like you might identify with this, but as, the, as we've normalized the pandemic, between now and the end of March, I think people are holding off on after March because they don't know, will the vaccine, will it not, will we get together? But my com- schedule, my calendar has gotten as full as it's gotten before. As it used to get, just, just, uh, and what I would need to do is to stay no. I have to say no to, like you were saying about projects of like, what takes me somewhere? What's getting, what's going to distract from where I want to spend my energy? And I, I really want to hold on to that, you know? And there's a, like you were saying, there's this internal feeling of like, we should do everything. We yeah. should take every job. We should take every opportunity. We should take every meeting. And I'm like, eh, I, no, I I need to balance that. And so that's what I hope I hold on to. That is my, that is the pressure I'm putting myself on as we go back, you know, as we're getting closer to normalcy. is like, right, I can... Con- the same thing you were saying that I really appreciated is I can control my, what I say yes to. Yeah.
1: Yeah, know? that is exactly what I'm going through now. Like I had gotten... I had a. Uh, I was in New York right before the the lockdown of the pandemic. I had done a reading, and then all the news, everything was getting worse. And I was supposed to stay longer in New York, and then I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna go back in case it's all shut down and you can't travel." I'd rather be with my fiance, and um and from that point on, I just, uh, I think the, the adrenaline. I had done. Oh, I had gone to the doctor right before. And so it was the first time in a while I had gotten like a proper checkup, and so they got me my cholesterol, the high blood pressure, and I my high blood pressure was I was good, but the cholesterol was teetering on becoming an issue, and, and that was one of the things that um, when I'm talking to my fiance and even to the doctor I said they're like well how what's the history of men in your life I'm like well they all get murdered, <laughs> so I don't. I don't have a reference point to go, these are the things to keep an eye out on. So uh, it's, it's something that I was never taught growing up, and I just had to like learn uh, on my own. And I, so I try to do the same thing even in theater. When people who talk to me about theater, where to move, I just give them the whole lowdown. And I'm like, now it's, it's up to you with what, what you want to do. And I'll even introduce them to folks, and they can go take it from there.
0: I think it's good. It's good. I'm not, not that we have to spend, spend under the pandemic too much, but it's interesting. Yeah, my, I, you know, what are you going to take away from this? I'm like, right, my health, mental and physical. I'm, I'm, you know, taking more time to take care of myself and do the things you're talking about. And it, you mentioned your family, and I have to ask, um, what what do you think your show is? We don't have to talk about how great the show is and you talked about the reviews. What do you think, and I'm a big proponent of self-generating work, mm-hmm. what do you think internally it did for you to do that, to create your show?
1: Oh, to- I, I, oh I, I think, think it, it um, aligned the chakras, it, it, it opened me up, it connected me from head to toe and even beyond that with things that I think I'd been carrying for a while and also stuff that my family was carrying. Um, Right after I first started performing it, because uh, it was talking about things that my family didn't want to talk about, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't saying everything. I try to tell people this is the best version of my family. And people were like what? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is still a, there's still some charming people who had some fucked up who did some fucked up shit and then fucked up shit happened. But there are other things that a lot of people even in my own family don't know about. But that's not my story like that is it affects me, but it does not not at that level, and so it allowed my family to just talk about it openly now um it did cause a lot of stress um there was a big fight a few months after i first started performing it uh and people being honest with me for the first time of what they thought about what i was talking about um even though i feel like i there's a lot of um you know beating myself up in the show uh uh, what is it Flogging? flogging
0: Yeah, well, there, 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 yeah.
1: There, it is, there it is. There was a lot of that in the show. Some people thought that I was, um, I got off easy. Like I painted myself in a positive way. And it's, and that's just perspective because they went through certain things that, um, that I was aware of, but I just wasn't around. Like me talking about leaving for self-preservation. Some, depending who the audience is, they might go, that's amazing. You should always like take care of you. And then there are people who go, you abandon your family. Like you abandoned your family when they needed, as the oldest, I'm the oldest of four. Um, So we got, but I was not telling them to don't talk. I'm saying, I want to hear more so we can talk about it. Cause anytime I checked in with folks, they just didn't want to talk. They were like, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's all good. I'm good. So this forced people to start talking. No one said I was lying. (laughs) No one, like no one was like, that didn't happen. They're just like, you oh, should talk about I'm that. write my solo show, and I'm like, good. I actually, I support that. And if you talk shit about me, like go for it. I will be there, and I will, I will, I will support anyone who shares uh, uh, their experience. And um, and so we got to talk about things, and in my mind, it exhumed some of the some of the ghosts that 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 we were carrying. And uh, and then I just learned for myself if I can do that. Okay, it gets it got something off. I got got something like to 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 tell that I thought I had something to offer because when I do it for high schools, the conversations are phenomenal. The teachers are just like, "Oh, he, he, she, they never talked about this, and now they're talking about it." And when I go to, I've done, uh, I've gone to Cook County um, and in Chicago to work with kids, teens who are imprisoned, no juvie in in Chicago. That shit is not a joke to watch people chained to the floor while I'm in my, you know, as they call it, nut huggers in my, you know, tight pants that and sort of like feeling like I'm just uh, an an elitist. But then I'm working with them to get some of their stuff out because I tell the money talks. I go, if you're listening to that hip hop artist, like you're giving them money, like you can make you can do your your stories can turn into art in whatever way you want, but you gotta like put it on the page or tell it and record it. So it just gave me a level of confidence uh, to go out for anything. And it just felt like I didn't wait for someone to give me something. And now I'm trying to carry that over, honestly, into like generating my, writing my own stuff. It doesn't mean I would act in it uh, for TV or film, but I actually, I learned I loved uh, to write. But I also love guiding other people to tell their stories. So storytelling workshops.
0: Yeah. And the, the empowerment of it is amazing. I also loved when you said it aligned you head to toe is just that sense of self. It seems like it allowed you to, you know, not 2012, not be in LA, but to say, oh, I can have something different. It also allowed you to think of your, you know, created a freedom for you. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And are you now? When you say writing, are you writing pilots and stuff? Or are you trying?
1: Yeah, yeah. I have some uh, pilots, uh, and I have uh, two screenplays, and then now I'm working on an audio drama series.
0: Nice. Uh... It,
1: it, it's it's something, you know. We'll see. We'll see if other people uh, uh, like it. I think, you know, when the best way I've heard of how TV writers' rooms are, which is why I feel like, oh, I have something to offer, is it feels like when you're workshopping a play, a new play. It's just, or at least the ideal room is everyone gener- throwing out ideas, and then the director and the writer know which ideas support the play and improve the play. But it's that kind of room where different people bring different, different, um, different, uh, they, they contribute in different ways. Like there are actors who I think are phenomenal in a workshop and might not be the strongest actor with a final script for production. And there are some actors who are amazing in production, but they are not, I don't want them in a room in any workshop. Not, they will fucking kill the flow. And I, and I learned to see, oh, nope, yes, yes, no. Because um, I think when something's being developed, it's, it's just a sensitive place. And I'm a sensitive person. There's some writers who have a lot of confidence in their writing. And no to they can these actors can say whatever the fuck, and they'll just be like, okay, thank you, and they're like not gonna <laughs> listen to them at all.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny. I want the I want the my, I want the actor who's great at development. Whether I listen or not does not matter. I like the ideas, but you're right. There's a different, and it's funny. It's good just for you to say that there's different. It's not even a comment about yourself. There's different animals, and it's like just know like sometimes you're in development a lot with people because they love you in the room, and it doesn't mean you're going to move to the play the production because there's somebody else who's great at that particular thing yep, yep. or you or you might be great at production and the process is like that's not for me
1: <laughs> like, yep, yep big time
0: it's funny I, I i this conversation is great and i'm thinking about the question that i wanted to ask is and i think it's the solo show did it but my question of like what do you think helped you is that what helped you get to the next level I
1: I do yeah I definitely think that that um it just it just I mean I also had to produce it or co-produce it in some way like I didn't like reading reviews before I was that person and um and if you are like great that's that's awesome for you but I had to as a producer learn what pull quotes to use I had to be aware of what's being said so I can promote it um and so that did, that does something. And then when I started, when I went back to Chicago, I started directing here and there. And I and I loved that because um, that, I don't know, I just, it, it, it means I'd always liked watching people's shows and previews and dress rehearsals. I got a lot of invitations just because I'm just gonna like share my observations. And if they ask me questions, I'll ask questions. And it seemed like apparently it was helpful for folks. And I, And I'm glad I got a reputation Uh, in all three cities of like, no, 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 let's get them in there. Also, I like laughing. Um, It's just a natural thing. Uh, So they just always are, I mean, (laughs) that feeds anyone's ego. (laughs) You would just laugh at so many random things. (laughs) And my sense of humor could be high-end, high-brow, and it could be like the most blue thing in the world.
0: (laughs) And uh, Yeah, and it's funny because you get confidence of, I think of producing, just to talk about what you said there is like, it makes you look at the business in a different way. You know, you all of a sudden, I don't, this isn't, it's funny, I'm going to say something that's not articulated right, but it's its not as personal. Like when you're looking at the reviews you said, and you're looking for the poll quote, it's like, because we got to sell this, we believe in it. And it is personal, you care deeply, but it gives you a way of having to remove in doing the work. And I think that- Yeah, it, and, that,
1: and I, and I learned how people, how theaters, the the things that they get stuck on, that is a surprise. It's like what they were worried about. How many times I say fuck, like what? I mean, what? Who cares? I mean, I talk, I then compared to Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet, where there's murder, there's you know teen sex, um, there's drugs. Like I'm like, but that's done everywhere. Like I just all of a sudden I became that person when I directed. Uh, in Chicago, um, a Shakespeare for High Schools. I exp- I wanted to do uh, some casting where I wanted someone who was um, uh, uh, gender neutral. Um, who, who I wanted someone who was uh, gay and did all of, like, and they were also the best. The I thought they were the strongest for the roles. Like it was like I was hoping, and then I'm like, yeah, they're they're killing it, and this because I thought the scene between the nurse and Mercutio and all his boys in West Side Story, it's scary. And in the play, it's scary. And I just thought there were a lot of um, homophobia that was happening. A lot of like uh, violence. It's always been happening, but it just was starting to reach the level with social media was becoming big. And I just wanted to highlight that in that scene of how, of what can happen there. And then the producer came to me after I gave the list and was like, uh, we no, this is not, they want a traditional thing. And I'm like, so you mean you want an all boys cast uh, playing female roles? It's like, no, 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 not that kind of traditional. And we went through this whole thing you know, and I was just like, fuck me, man. And I had to then tell these people who I didn't offer it yet, but because I was on the cusp of, and they they understood. And then like two years later in Chicago, all this casting started happening. And I was happy for everyone. Um, And I was an advocate. And I was like, I'm not gonna let someone get in the way of that. Because I know I, I wasn't doing it as a gimmick. It was like, this is important. This, this heightens the story. And if teachers are afraid to talk about, I guess the casting, then that's like art should do the hard work so that teachers don't have to be put in a position to deal with bureaucracy. Like the art does it, then you can blame the artist. It's like, fine, the artist did that. But at least it sparks a conversation with these kids who carry so many secrets. And sometimes they'll see something that will be exciting to watch. And so he didn't think that. And I just said, from now on, I'm not going to, I just, I didn't do it again. I didn't do the next show. But I knew going forward, it's like, no. And I'm going to tell anyone who comes to me, go for that thing. Be clear about it. Have your reasoning and, and if they're not the one, then they're not the one. And if you decide you wanna do it, just log it. Don't forget it. Cause people who just like, oh, I'm just gonna do it. And they are still angry about it. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, of that shit, man. Keep track of it, keep it in your back pocket. Cause then a few years later, they're gonna be, pr- be supporting a movement that is all about the LGBTQIA <laughs> or Black Lives Matter. And it's like, your actions did not, you were part of the system. You're part of this problem
0: you you may still be part of the problem. <laughs> You're just catching up to what you, what the conversation is because that's happening as opposed to owning it. Although I'm glad of any change. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, cool. So funny, I, hit, I hear that story and I'm, I'm thinking about doing what you want to do and, and your voice and caring about it. And I think when you went to produce your show, and you became a producer what was what was the hardest ask and what i'm really thinking about is was it finding who's going to who's going to give money or who's going to give the seal of approval mm. you know there's something you know what i mean like going into we you know we met when solanova was doing the show and remounting it on 42nd street and it's like okay there's a there's an institution that's going boom you know, and I know you started in Chicago, right? With the show, did you? No, I
1: started, I started in New York. Did you start solo? Correct. Okay. Yeah, it was, the, it was a, a, did a workshop production right before the Solanova. Like someone had dropped out of the festival and someone recommended Empanada and Jen Jen came out and was like, yeah, do you mind jumping in for this slot that we lost? And then that's how that happened.
0: Because, yeah, I guess that's my question, is which, which, what do you think is the hardest part of, because there's a thing, when I think about self-producing, right, it's one thing, if you got a checkbook that's unlimited, that's fine, but when you're doing it yourself, the hardest thing for me is telling somebody, hey, I've got this show, (laughs) it's my story, and I need this from you, and so I'm curious, what was the hardest thing for you, or what was the challenge, or what was the most valuable thing, may not even have been hard.
1: You know, it's interesting, like I, I, I think about it in, I guess before the approval, um, it's more of, all right, if I if we agree for it to be done here, I need it recorded. I need it filmed because what I started learning, I just assumed people filmed stuff. And then when I was applying for grants, uh, they want examples of things. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. And then I just the pushback I would get from folks about filming stuff. I just and I took people's word for things and I started realizing no contract I got to put that in a fucking contract because they will just not give a shit. Unfortunately in one of the productions um I had signed a contract early as a playwright for the solo play and then I signed one as an actor but then by the time I started performing the theater was having financial problems and they did some weird shit where they canceled some performances and it bumped me off whatever salary we agreed on and i and i like the people and it definitely fractured my relationship with them even though it was blamed on one person who's no longer there but it's things like that like i just um i I want them to film it i want to take photographs uh, and I want them to invite high schools. Like I always want schools. I'll do it. I say, I'll do a day performance. Like those are my important things that in my conversations, cause or else I'm just doing it for myself. And I just, that doesn't interest me. Uh, even if the audience is majority white, I just go, well, what are you going to do to get, uh, uh, they, there'll be excuses for getting the black Brown community, but high schools, most people love that. And I'm like, great, give, get them in here. Most people don't like performing for for teenagers. I love it. They're gonna be fucking honest with you. And I'm just like, whatever. If it doesn't grab their attention, doesn't grab their attention. Um uh and we can have a very frank conversation afterwards. Uh so I I I just integrity. It's weird it's weird. This is not a very business response, but I just want the integrity uh of why they're interested and why um if they're interested I, I guess Are they able to provide these things? And if they're not, then I know either I am going to do it or I'm not going to do it with them. But honestly, per that point, I was going to produce it in New York myself. I was going to do a fundraiser and then I moved and then I was going to do it here for the Hollywood Fringe. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking put it up myself. Like, I just got to apply. They accepted me I'm like I can double down on me. I'm going to trust me. And I'm now ready to reach out to folks as opposed to relying on another producer to follow up on things because people say shit. And th- I thought going into theater, it was like, like a very like hippie, supportive, um, safe place for the misfits. And the thing is, that's that's maybe why I got involved and why so many people got involved. But the reality is like, no. It is a business. I don't care if they're n- not for profit. They're still trying to make fucking money, whether it's to break even or to make a profit. And I tell people that. And I'm like, I just need you to know that. I don't care how you, what your thoughts are of theater, don't lose that. Like have that optimism and that faith, but don't lose that it is still a business. So you got to un- you got to accept that from the beginning so you can separate the two or else it's going to crush you. Like it crushed me repeatedly. And it's, and but I love, I've been doing it for so long that I think it's kept me going. and But I just worry about folks getting crushed by it. And also that's how, you know, the Me Too, I'm glad that happened. All that shit that went down at Profiles Theater in Chicago, I'm I'm glad people rallied. And then now with Black Lives Matter, I'm glad. I hope theater with this, everything that's happened, a lot of it goes away and you start from scratch. It, It gets rid of institutions, but,
0: I don't, I, think it's gonna, I don't know if, how many institutions it'll get rid of, but hopefully it changes them. You know, because uh, it's hard to imagine the foundational institutions in certain communities going away, but it's hard to imagine them remaining the same behavior. Yeah,
1: I hope so. I mean, that's it should be that, and we'll we'll see. I mean, but it has to be. I think people have to stay put the gas on the pedal under pressure. Like there has to be, you know, zero tolerance for things because once a a systemic, systemic issues, like the minute you start letting them do a little bit, the system can't help but continue to push the envelope. They just can't help it. They cannot help it. And I don't care if someone is, is, is black or brown or someone BIPOC or LGBTQIA, once, once we're in, there is this thing of, I mean, you mentioned the seal of approval, that you've gotten the seal of approval and you, wanna, you don't want to lose it, especially in a, in a society that's cap, all built on capitalism. You don't ever want to go down. <laughs> once you get to middle class, you don't ever want to go down. Once you get to upper middle class, you don't ever want to go to middle class. So it's just this thing that just is ingrained, and we just want to continue climbing. And for the people I like being around is the people who, as they climb, they're wanting to spread. They want to make more pie as opposed to just giving. There's only so much pie in around. Stephanie Barra said something like that at an event. She said, "Why, you know, there's not enough uh, of the pie to go around. Just make more pie." And I've and I've that landed where it's like, yeah, that's what that's what theater made us believe there was, and. Then they say, as you get professional, just like, no, there's only so much that can go around. And I'm just in the belief of I want to be with people who want to make more for folks.
0: Great. And I think that's what, uh, me too. I want to say that. Me too. I want to make, I want to be where we can just make work, make more pie, make more opportunity for everybody. But what advice would you have for an early person starting out?
1: Uh, I... Uh, like what I pointed out earlier of like don't don't limit the people you're going to work with Um, and business-wise like get the stuff on the contract don't be afraid of asking for more money or asking what the pay is Uh, I, I tell people if you're reaching out to folks for projects include in there the compensation instead of making them ask for it because we don't want to ask for it. We're just appreciative and it sets a very imbalanced relationship. Um, So I tell people reply back if someone offers you something um, or wants to pique your interest, just ask, all right, what's what's the expectation of the schedule? What's the compensation? And then you can know and make an informed decision as opposed to finding out your first day and you're like, oh shit. Uh, So getting into that habit, because that can take a while. So just the sooner you can get into that habit, the better. Um, Go somewhere where uh, you feel as if you can thrive artistically, meaning you could go to Austin, you could go to Detroit, uh, Atlanta, and um, do work if that's the kind of city you want to be around, because you don't want to go to New York or Chicago or LA. I'm all for that. Um, But be honest with yourself of what you want. And, you know, give yourself... You know, I, I always five years was always my marker. It's like check in with yourself, five years of living somewhere and seeing all right what has happened, how things have grown. So that gives you perspective. Um, and uh, uh, oh, man, don't don't be. I mean, this is talked about a lot on your podcast, but people don't don't be an asshole. <laughs> um, uh, be be on time, and uh, I mean, the talent is like the last thing sometimes and i agree with that i have seen that happen and create your create your own work man like find your posse find your group of folks and just create it and now with and if 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 you're wanting since theater is what it is tiktok is tiktok is the thing that we all joke about for a long time oh wouldn't it be crazy if this oh it's like that moment and tiktok gives you the capability of creating The thing that you joked about with your friends and that's what I think is I I say that as if I know I just see the videos I have never joined it. I don't know how it works, but i've seen what people create and i'm like that's just people fucking around and just having the capability to edit it a certain way, so if you it doesn't hurt to do that like create you have no excuse.
0: Right. Yeah. What I love is, like, create your own doesn't mean you have to do your own solo show that tours many cities and things like that. It's like, no, do a TikTok video, do a web series or find your posse. Do it in a group. Yeah. You know, it's great. And just.
1: And be loyal to yourself it doesn't mean it's selfish, being selfish gets a bad rap. And it's like, no, no, I mean, because sometimes I think in theater, we're sometimes uh, so giving to the point of ignoring ourselves and our needs and self-care, man. I mean i started when i was 12 and i will push that on anyone i'm like go see a therapist because your friends unfortunately um you can't put it on them to keep your secrets i don't care how much they say they won't tell anyone it does not matter like pillow talk is real (laughs) it gets around uh so just a therapist is a place where you can just have someone to talk to who can't say anything in theory
0: you want. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, the conversation. Really appreciate it. I also love that you reached out to me the day that we had a mistake when we dropped a live episode because it made me double check stuff since. But also just, it was really great. The conversation was great. I also love that, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to him is because he has lived in three major cities and I loved that he talked about the intent of like, what do you want in your career, and being focused about it, and also being okay, thinking about where to build your life, as right? so we're all, you know, I was looking on social media today, and I was realizing I have so many friends who were in New York, who are now living in different states and different places, because of the shutdown, and you know, some of that came out of financial, it's hard to stay sustained here, but also thinking like, oh, if, over this, if we're going to be shut down for a year, I want something else, and you know, that's cool, I think it's great to to think about that, and to think about it when we come back to normalcy, hopefully we've thought about, what do I want? What do I, you know, and what are my goals, and are, and where's the best place to have and build that life, because they don't all have to be, you know, some of it, it's, some of this time has refocused us outside of careerism, you know, and uh, really focused to quality of life, quality of project, also learning new ways, you know, I had a conversation with Lonnie's he's in LA, so there's, you know, you don't have to be in New York to do that, and I know that's obvious, but just the idea that maybe you can, can build the life you want from the place you want working other places. And I think we're figuring that all out. So that was really great. I loved also talking about the health and the things that we're gonna keep, and not only diet health, mental health, physical health. And to, and I also liked the change when he said that when he went back to LA and it felt right to him, it's because he had changed and his internal life and needs to changed. And I think that's the other thing, I've talked about that before, of just taking your own temperature and seeing where you're at. So thanks for the conversation. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, I'm going to say the 25th of February, I'm doing my solo show, and I hope you'll check that out. I will make sure to post that on our farms, social media, and other places. And tonight through Saturday, Center College is doing Greek Tragedy, which is they're doing an incredible production of online theater, and I think it is really worth checking out. And the play is great, Leo Romeo's play about uh, curated life which I think we can all identify with, especially right now when our whole existence is online and people are only seeing certain things if we think it's really important. And it also has a quality that's very similar to our town in a way, and I think you will enjoy it. So you should check it out for that reason. And also excited just because it's in the development process. Then after that, it goes up to Wells College and excited to see what they do with the production. Totally different way of doing it. But with that, everybody, you know, I hope you're staying safe, doing everything you can to take care of yourself, mental health, physical health, avoiding the virus if you can, signing up for the vaccine as soon as you can. And uh, I'm hoping to see and talk to everyone in person. In the meantime, do me a favor, reach out like Juan, let me know you're listening. Tell me if there's things you want to talk about, want to hear about. And, um, you know, if you're enjoying the conversation, share it, recommend it to people, give it the Five star rating on Apple's podcast and anywhere else. It helps people find it. That's always nice. And I'm really glad we're part of the conversation. So with that, we're out.